This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. is Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Sky Blues Extra podcast. I'm David and I'm joined again this evening by Tom. Evening, Dave. Evening, and I'm also delighted to say we're joined by another very special guest. Our guest this evening started his career in Malta at Salema Wanderers having spells in Germany and Norway, and finally signed for the Sky Blues in 2007. He went on to score 25 goals in 86 appearances, including a very memorable brace away at no other than Old Trafford. I'm, of course, talking about Michael Mifsud. Evening, Michael, and thank you so much for coming on to your, the show and sharing your story with our Sky Blues listeners. Hi, good evening. Um, thanks for this opportunity. Um, I'd like to say hello to you and to everyone listening. Brilliant. And Michael, we always get started with how you got into football because it's always an interesting you know, journey and knowing how people got into football and a little bit about your upbringing and, and perhaps who you supported uh, as a kid. So how did you get into to playing football and, and where did you grow up? Well, um, I've lived always here in Malta and yeah. my my town, Slima. Um, I always loved football. I have pictures with um, with a football underneath my arm at around a year and a half. Yeah. And then I used to play in the streets. And then uh, at the age of eight, I joined Slima Wonders. And I started my career from there. And did you, um, at that time, did you watch any sort of English football? Did you have any English teams that you perhaps kept an eye on? Or was there was any other teams that you kept an eye on? Um, uh, not really, to be honest with you. I always, uh, I always just loved playing, not really watching. You know, I was like banging the ball against the wall everywhere, <laughs> with yeah. garage, garage doors against the wall. You know, in the streets all the time. I mean, I've, I never really watched like football games or supported any any teams. 
And how did you sort of get in, into um, the football squad that you played for in, in Slimmer Wanderers? Was it just a very local team and they had like um, a, a lots of different teams, did they? No, no, it's it's here. It's like every every city have its own club, its own nursery. And uh, at the age of eight, I joined the nursery of Slima Wonders. And after I think a week, I I was also joined um, to the national team of the youth center. And I kept on going till I was fifteen when I made my debut with the A team. And then, uh, yeah, then at 17, I was in the Bundesliga and I continued my career like that, away. And when you were a kid, Michael, did you did you always play as a striker or did you try out other positions as well? Um, always as a striker, always. Yeah, you like banging the goals in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. And um, you mentioned there that you obviously had some spells in Germany. I think you also played in Norway as well before playing yes. for the Sky Blues. What was it like as a young kid sort of playing in different countries? It must have been great for your development. Oh, yes. I mean, for me, it was it was a dream come true. I always wanted to be a professional football player. Um, I was lucky enough that at 17, I played in one of the biggest leagues in the world, in the Bundesliga. Um, I had players with me like Miroslav Klose, um, Mario Basler, Jorkaev, um Big, big name players, Taribo West, you know, so I really learned a lot from all these players and my spell over there. And yes, after that, I went to Norway. Um, then I joined Coventry and then I did a year in Australia before coming back home. How did the um, the football itself differ in the different countries? Could you Could you notice quite a big difference in the sort of styles and things like that? Oh, yes, especially the level um, uh, compared to, to, to Malta. It's completely different. Eh? First of all, um, everyone is professional abroad. Um, here, we we're, we're, we're really struggle about that because we're tiny. Um, also, game-related. Um, when, when I went to Germany, it was like super fast and super physical. So I had to um, train myself to, to that kind of game, you know? And also, when I was in Norway, it was physical. So that maybe helped me when I came to England because... England also was pretty much a physical game. Yeah, I was going to say that the championship, especially in the time when you were playing, was was probably quite physical. We'll we'll get on and talk a bit about, more about that. Um, you made the move to Coventry. I think it was in January 2007. It was Mickey Adams that actually spotted you playing in Norway. Um, when did you first hear about the interest from Coventry? Um, I think it was mid-season over there back in Norway. Um, my, my agent... Um, he told me that um, there was there was also another club um, that came to see me as well, um, uh, but of course um, I spoke to Mickey Adams. Um, I, I googled a bit about um, Coventry City. It's a big club, um, and yeah, I made my move to Coventry. <laughs> That's incredible. So for, from a, from a Google. Um... Was was there anything else you knew about Coventry at the time? Obviously, would have been you know former FA Cup winners in in England and just in English football general at the time. Was there much more that you knew about them, or did did anyone give you any advice, or was it literally just having a having a little scan around on online and sort of? As yeah, as I said, as I said before, um, uh, I'm not really the type of player that yeah games or um, know about uh, clubs or anything like that. You know, so. For me, it was like something new, so I had to make like my research, and of course, my agent um, he told me some some things as well, you know. Yeah. 
Um, of course. So yeah, before before I made my move, I I did my homework, and uh, it was well worth it at the end. Yeah. Great. And it was a bit of a strange situation because Mickey Adams um, wasn't in the role that long since after you joined. I think yeah. it was only a few days. Was yeah. that that must have been really strange and a bit un, unnerving, I guess, at the time. <laughs> yeah, for me, it was like a shock, you know, because I I actually joined the club because um, I had a good conversation with Mickey Adams and, you know, for me to go there and Bought into what he wanted to do at the club. Exactly. And he believed in me and things like that, you know, and then for me, um, that after two, three days, he got the sack and the new manager came in. So I had to start everything from scratch, you know. Yeah, no, it does always feel like that. And when you first came to Coventry, um, we've always heard about, especially at the moment, the dressing room spirit is so strong at, at Coventry. Um, and we've previously spoke to players such as Andy Morrell, and they've always said the same sort of thing. When you arrived, what was the, the sort of dressing room like? And was there anyone that took you sort of under your wing and anyone that you got on with, you know, instantly? Yeah, I mean everybody. I was I was really welcomed there, um, from the players to the technical staff, you know, for, to, to the kit managers um, and the physios. I mean, I, everybody was so friendly and so so warm um, that uh, it helped me a lot as well as 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 a person, you know. Um, and also the dressing room. The dressing room was really good. We, we, everybody was like picking on each other, you know, when it's yeah. like a joke. And when it's time to to like focus, everybody was focusing and helping each other, you know, in and off the pitch. So it was really great. And was there anyone you spent a lot of time with when you first joined? Anyone that helped you just settle in, I guess? Um, I think a bit... Of, uh, Everyone did their their little bit. I mean, I was really close with uh, with Delia the bowler, um, yeah. with Hall, Marshall. Ev- I mean, everybody. You know, yeah. everybody was so friendly. J Tab was really nice as well. You know, I mean, everybody um, everybody was friendly and helpful. You know. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, and Ian Dowie obviously came in to manage the club not long after you joined. Um, how was it working under Ian? What was he like as a manager? Um, uh, it was nice, you know. Um, he had his his technical stuff as well. Um, uh, I used to also do some extra work with with Tim Flowers um, after training nearly every day. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it was good. I mean, uh, it was good. He had his own f- uh, philosophy of the game as well, and uh, everybody stick to that and worked hard to to achieve. Hey. Yeah, because he was a very, very highly rated manager at the time, wasn't he? I think he'd got promoted with Palace. So I think, yeah. you know, there was a lot of excitement around the club when he yes. joined, wasn't there, Michael? Yes, yes, yes. And in terms of your debut, I think that came against Crystal Palace, didn't it? Um, I, don't, <laughs> the Rico. I don't really remember, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know we um, we lost that game, so perhaps it wasn't one that you uh, you remembered for too long. But I think one that you possibly will remember is the your second game. I think it was away at Plymouth. I think that was when you scored your your first goal for the Sky Blues. That must have been a nice moment. Yeah, that I remember because the weather was so bad. It was <laughs> cold and windy and rainy. <laughs> but yeah, I remember. Um, I remember that game. Yeah. And that season, um, you went on to score um, four goals in that sort of half season. Um, how did, how would you assess your sort of first season in England? Was it was it quite tricky to to settle in, and and how did it sort of differ to other football you'd played? Well, I was still getting used to the game, um, of course, and the and the way, weather, and the weather, and the way <laughs> we play. <laughs> um, uh, 
and also I didn't I, I don't think I um I played that much in that in that period um until I get uh, of course I got my I improved my game um and then I think this season after I I think I won my place in the squad and I used to play play regularly I think yeah no of course and moving on to the 2007-2008 season I'd imagine a highlight season possibly in your career it, it certainly was for Coventry City fans um, let's talk about that famous night at Old Trafford Michael tell us a little bit about the build-up to the game first what was it what was it like knowing that you were going to be taking on you know at the time the the, the best team in, in perhaps Europe um, well I mean as preparation of course it's it's was like of every other game you know of course of maybe course. maybe of course with a bit more of the more of um, how do you say um aggressive not aggressive net more how do you say focus you know yeah you know you're playing you know Trafford in front of 75,000 people you know against menu and i mean it was something nice you know even just to to step in the pitch and and feel feel the ground feel the fans you know feel the game i mean before that game we also played blackburn away yes and that was another good game for us exactly because uh, nobody nobody really mentioned that game but we played really well that game um we won i think 4-1 away yeah, yeah. and there was there was 12,000 sky blues fans packed in at, yeah. at old trafford <laughs> what was that reception like when you came out of the tunnel uh it's uh, you know um Coventry fans are always amazing, no matter um, what weekend or against whom we're playing. Um, they're always there behind us, behind the team. Um, and seeing those 12,000 there in Otrevert, uh, it was fantastic. Eh? And, and the first goal, how much do you remember from the games, but especially just talking about the first goal? Just talk us through that a little bit. And I suppose um, the game might, might feel like a bit of a blur, especially now, I suppose. But... <laughs> Well, I remember um, just before the first goal, um, there was another like a cross shot. Yeah. And and I didn't manage to get to it because it was a bit far away from me. And at the back of my mind, I was so focused that I said, ah, if, another, if another ball like that will come, I just like jump through it, you know. And minutes after, Michael Doy just gave a cross shot and I was there at the right place at the right time. Eh? <laughs> and yeah, that was it, one nil. <laughs> yeah obviously we went in one nil up at half time what what did the kind of gaffer say at half time was it a case of just sort of hold out for as long as we could or was it go for a second goal no we just um play our game keep it tight um keep focused help each other you know and yeah and if the opportunity comes of course we'll take it you know yeah, definitely. And the opportunity definitely did come. Um, I think that second goal is probably one that will live in long in the memory for Sky Blues fans. Um, I can certainly picture it in my head now. Um, it was a very special finish, wasn't it, Michael? Yeah, it was a good goal. It was a good pass from J-Tab. <laughs> yeah. Not really. <laughs> nah, he got, uh, I passed to J-Tab. J-Tab controlled it a bit long and just, I just I just striked. Um, it was a good goal. Um, especially it was nice that it was um, our supporters were behind the goal, yeah. so that was an extra, an extra thing. And yeah, of course, it's it's something I'll never forget. Eh? Yeah, I was going to say it must be nice scoring in front of twelve thousand away fans behind yeah. the goal. That must be yeah. that must be a nice feeling. Yes, a great feeling. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned Jay Tab there. He was a he was a really good player, wasn't he? Yes, yes, he was. He was 
small like me, but <laughs> always like he had Duracell behind his back. He was always moving, always running, always chasing. He was really, really good player. Yeah, and and a very good person as well. Yeah, exactly. I think I think in my opinion, he's probably one of our most underrated players. Actually, I think he was he was brilliant and perhaps didn't always get the plaudits that he perhaps deserved. Mm. Um, well, and your your scoring record across that season was very impressive, Michael. What do you think sort of clicked in that season in particular that meant you were you were scoring kind of a lot of goals? Um, uh, I think you know, um, you know, as they say, they say competition um, makes you a better player, and I think that's what happened with me. Um, when Mickey Adams um, left the club, I had to start from scratch, as I said. So I had to prove myself to the new gaffer. Um, that's what I did. And then he also um, got away and <laughs> had to also start from scratch with the, with the new manager. So I think, I think um, it's all about believing and working hard and, and do your utmost every time. Eh? You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Yeah, Michael, you, you mentioned briefly, actually, the, about Blackburn away. Uh, there was a 4-1 cup win. That must have been a, a very special memory for you as well. Yes, of course. I mean, it was a, it was a good game. Um, playing Blackburn, they were fifth in the league, I think, in the Premiership. Yeah. Um, uh, it was, of course, one of them games you, you'll, you'll keep in your memories. Eh? I remember Delia de Bola scored a great goal. <laughs> he took about five five players I think and then he just yeah. shot lower corner it was a great goal anyway. he turned into a Thierry Henry that day didn't he <laughs> yeah <laughs> and if we just move on to the um, the 2008-2009 season um, which I think was your your final season at Coventry um, mm-hmm. you seemed to play a bit more sort of as a winger that year Michael was this a little bit sort of frustrating for you well, yes, it was because um, uh, I like to play as a striker. I played always as a striker at Coventry as well. And actually, I was like a midfielder because we used to play like 4-4-2. So I used to end up in in our box, you know, from one box to the other, you know. And it wasn't my, my game, you know. It wasn't my forte, like, you know. But of course, I used to play there because, you know, you, you always... Um, do sacrifices for the team if if needed, and that's what I did. Sure, and obviously um, Chris Coleman was our was our manager at the time. And um, what was he like as a as a manager? Um, uh, well, he he also had his his um, his team behind him. Um, he had a, he had a different different philosophy of the game than Dowie. Um, he got his own players as well to the team. Um, um, yeah, it was it was different with Coleman. Um, I uh, how do you say? Um, yeah, uh, with Coleman I used to play as a as a midfielder. No, so it was for me it was a bit different. Like you know. Yeah, not your sort of natural natural exactly. position. position. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and a really fun one, Michael, because we always ask a lot of our, our previous players this. With the with the Coventry players that you played with, if you had to choose like a goalkeeper, defender, a midfielder, and a, a fellow attacker, um, who who would have that? Who would that have been? Who would stick out from those positions for you? So you mean some, some a player which would play up front? 
Yeah, well, just in terms of if you had to sort of have a, an imaginary five-a-side team, I guess, if who who would be in goal with you, and um, perhaps ah. you know, if, if, if did you have a, a defender that you felt was was one of the best at, at Coventry at the time that you played, and the same with a midfielder and yeah. perhaps a, a striker as well. Um, well, like defender-wise, I think everybody was was really good, but. I think um, Elliot Wood um, yeah, Elliot, was really yeah. he was technical, you know, apart from just a defender. You know, he don't could really play out from the back, couldn't he? Yeah. Yes, yes, and he's re- he was really good with his feet as well. You know, comfortable on the ball, yeah. Yeah, so I'll definitely put that put Elliot <laughs> in there. Um, a midfielder, it was it's hard midfield because there was Jay Tab, who's really really hardworking player. There was Michael Doyle, another yeah. hardworking player. There was Stephen Hughes. Yes, uh, very so, talented. You know, so it's really, really, really hard. You know. Um, yeah. And you mentioned about Deli Ali Bola. You played with yeah. with him up up front a lot. And and yeah. did you enjoy that partnership? Oh yes, I loved it. I used to love it. I mean, he was he was such a strong person. You know, strong player. He used to just hold the ball, shoot the ball. And then I just make my runs and he just puts me in. I mean, I used to love it. He used to like win every single ball in the air and I used to chase every single you, ball. That you always know it was going in behind. And obviously it, it really exactly. caused defenders a lot of hassle, yeah. actually, because yeah. they yeah. knew that if Delhi won it, that exactly. you were how quick yeah. you were and they yeah. knew that you were going to be uh, straight onto it. So yeah. it, it did yeah. cause a lot of teams problems, that, that yeah. uh, link up play and that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I used to, I used to really um, enjoy myself playing with him. We used to come like, how do you say, find each other so much, you know, on the pitch. Yeah. Plus, he also he's also a very nice man outside the pitch. You know, he's very very nice. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And obviously you had a great club record, but you've also had an amazing record for Malta over many, many years, Michael. Um, tell us about some of your highlights representing your country well um, yeah I mean I've played um, 143 games um, scored 42 goals Um, it's been a long journey I did over 20 years I think Um, it was nice you know it's always nice to represent your country and wear wear the Malta shirt Um, um, yes, I had some some good memories, some bad ones as well. Especially when we we used to lose like with a high high score. Um, yeah. But I have I have good memories, especially when when we won Armenia away. I remember it was really a good feeling for us. You know, I mean it's very hard for us to win a game at the time. You know, um, but yeah, I'm very I'm very happy and very thankful for for everything. Yeah, that's great. And you um, you retired from international football in November. 
Um, I know you scored in your last game for Malta. That must have been special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was really nice. Yeah. And, How did it um, feel to to be retiring after playing so many games for them, Michael? Um, it was hard, you know. I mean, it was really hard because I love I love the national team, you know. Um, but yeah, the, the 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 day had to come, you know. Um, I was lucky. I I also end up ended up on a good note. I'm scoring a goal and winning the game. So um, everything went everything went well, and and I had I had a happy ending. Eh? That's great, yeah. And um, you're still playing club football in Malta, is that right, Michael? Yes, yes. Who's it you play for now? Um, Mosta FC. Okay. And and sort of, how long do you think you'll you'll keep playing club football? Is it a case of till your legs can't take it anymore, or have you got sort of a a, a plan in mind? Honestly, I'm uh, I'm just enjoying myself um, playing. I'm, uh, I'm keeping myself fit. I'm, I mean, I'm still. <laughs> Funny enough, I'm still uh, one of the fastest, you know. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. <laughs> that doesn't surprise us. Yeah. <laughs> um, so once once I'm still I'm still good at that, you know, I'll I'll keep on going, you know. And it's the buzz, Michael, you get from scoring goals. I think we saw that at Coventry. It, it's obviously something that is just very natural to you. But but obviously, of course, yeah, it must be a real buzz, and you still get that now playing playing football um, in in Malta. Oh yes, I mean um, I absolutely love the game, you know, um, scoring goals, and uh, I like the dressing room, you know, um, picking on players, and they pick on me, you know, um, trying to help um, the young ones coming up, you know, from like um, the old players helped me when I was yes. young. Um, yeah, I, I like. Yeah, that's that. very important, isn't it? Because you've, especially for yourself, the career that you've had, you've you've been lots of different countries of course um different types and styles of, of football it's it's really important to bring through that next generation of football isn't it yes yes and you know um it's 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 nice to see that um like young players they look up to me so i try yeah. to help them help them as much as i can you know because um they don't they don't find no one that you know um give them that like little two just like two words in an exercise or something like that you know and, yeah and it's nice to see like that they hear you what you say you know they take your opinion you know then that's that's really nice and that makes me want to help them even more you know you're listening to sky blues extra and once you perhaps do, you know, hang up your boots and, and whenever that is, I'm sure as long as you're still banging goals and you'll, you'll be playing, when you do do that, do you have any thoughts of perhaps coaching roles or anything like that? Or um, do you think that it would be, we, we've heard in the past a lot of people find it quite difficult to continue in football but not be on the pitch. Um, do you think that you'd look to do something in football still? Um, uh, honestly, I'm, I I don't really think about that, you know. Yeah, I mean, of course. I just, I just focus on my game now and try and give my best every time. And when the day comes, which I'm sure it will come, um, and then I'll see what I'll what I'll do. You know, I mean, I love the game. I love yeah. being players. I love having the ball underneath my feet. So who knows? You know, I mean, um, I can't I can't say. I want to coach now because now I'm I'm just focusing on my game. So we'll see. In yeah, the future. of course. And do you still do you still um, speak to anyone? Or do, do you, you know? Do you ever um, even if it's online or catch up with any of the players that you perhaps played with at, at Coventry and at all? Or 
Yeah, I mean, uh, with Delia, yeah, I contact um, Delia. We get, we we keep in touch um, every now and then, especially like in holidays, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. And um, do you do you see Coventry's results at all in in Malta? Do you ever uh, sort of pop, see how they're getting on the old yeah, team? Yeah, is that yeah, is that yes, yeah. And now they, they, they uh, I was really like um, upset when they, when we were League One. Yes, of course. Now yeah. that we're in, in even more so League Two. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, but um, you know now now we're in cha- they're in Championship, but Coventry's in Championship, and that's that's the place where they deserve to be, if not in the. Yeah, we can do with your goals, though, Michael. <laughs> that's what we're struggling sure, with at the moment. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure there are a lot of players that score goals in nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> well michael it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show um we've really loved hearing about your football story uh, and also your great memories with your time at at coventry i just want to say you know thank you so much for making time to come on you know to the show but on behalf of all the sky blues extra followers out there you know your contribution while wearing the sky blue shirt you scored so many wonderful goals and you put a smile on lots of people's faces and your goal still remains in our podcast opening we we have that on every week and i'm sure um our fans will relive that again when this episode goes out so thanks ever so much for coming on Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for your time. And I would like to thank all the fans, all the Sky Blues that were always there behind us at my time at Coventry. Um, I just want to thank them very much because they were they were our happiness, our joy, especially for me scoring goals and being there around them. That was really nice. Thanks a lot. Brilliant. And listeners, don't forget to join us after every Sky Blues game on the Sky Blues Extra Live. And if you want to get involved in the conversation on any of our channels, you just need to use the hashtag Sky Blues Extra Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra Podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talksport Fan Network. Talksport, powered by fans.